the run, be the roughest ride you ever said it's that good as you in this podcast and we're on again for our second episode. Kim Murley. What's up, cuz? Kimmy Brown with my cousin co-host. Hey, and what's up? The good, good experience. All of the good music you love from the 90s, yeah. 2000s, and beyond. Yeah. Now, Kim Murley, check it out. Now, last week you were having some identity crisis. Do you know who you are this week? Oh. I know exactly who I am, and I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but check it out, everybody that may be listening to us. Check it. We got us another guy, uh, and uh, Kimberly. That we, when we started this thing, we said there's no way that we could do this podcast without this guy. He has a, a number of accreditations to his name. He's a big time radio jock, a lover of house music. He's doing his thing up there in Washington D.C. They call him the B-Note because he's sharp, never flat. What's going on with my cousin, Byron Brown? <laughs> Byron B-Note Brown. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? <laughs> what's going on? It's yeah, great to be here with you You have no idea how happy Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, man. Byron's going to give us a little bit of insight, you know, on the music. He's a big lover of music himself, and one hell of a dance as well. Not many, many people can know that, all right? <laughs> Before well, Hammer, you know, there was, you know. yeah. Before Hammer, there was the B note himself. Oh, see, you're going too far with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yes, you can teach us a lot of things, a whole lot of things when it comes to dancing and music. So he is a great addition to our little trio here. Well, Absolutely. thank you. I'm happy to be here, fam. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So pleasure. check it out. Like like Kim said, you know, we're traveling through time in our little time machine. We're going back to the different decades, to the 80s and 90s and the 2000s. And we're going to be focusing mainly on the music. And then we'll, when we get a chance, we'll talk about some fashion trends, some of the news things that were going on uh, during those times. But right now, we're focused on the music and Byron. Check it out, man. Uh, I think it's only fair we start with you first this week. So are me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, first and foremost... The year this week is 1991. Anything um, in particular going on during that year for you? Yeah, um, actually, that was the year that I was in San Diego. I was in the Navy. I was actually enlisted at the time. I was going through this officer preparation program. Uh, so literally, I took a year off from high school to go through this before going to college. And when I say it was an exciting time, it's an understatement. It was when the world was opening up. You know, I was yeah. uh, on the other side of the country, away from home. I had a crop of friends and we were going, you know, we were going on our own little adventures out there in California. And the vibe was just phenomenal. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that time. And um, it, it, was just, it, just, it was just a magical time for me, a uh, time of transformation, realizations and all of that good stuff. You know, it was like the music was great. Um, which I'm sure it was quite different, probably a different vibe than what was happening on the on the on the East Coast at the time. But they were fairly up to par. It was, you know, they some, there were certain things that you probably didn't hear on the East Coast that was being played out on the West Coast at that time. But all in all, you know, plugged into BET, plugged into MTV, all of those staples. So yeah, it, it was it was it was interesting. It was a no, fun no, time. No. Well, well, real quick, Byron, um, you know, we talk, me and Kim talked uh, last week, 
and mm-hmm. she was telling us about, you know, the, up there in New Jersey, they had, you know, Hot 97, they had WBLS with Frankie Crocker mm-hmm. and, all those, and all those guys. Now, who were some of those guys that you were listening to out west? Who were some of those people? You know what, honestly, I don't remember any particular disc jockey that was prevalent then or the stations, honestly, because, you know, it was a, it was a time where, you know, we had access to radio and we listened to radio, of course. But, you know, we were always in Tower Records buying the music as we mm-hmm. saw it. We were, you know, we, we, we kind of had our own little uh, musical universe going because we were, there was just so many people, different people with different backgrounds. You know, I was into, of course, the club music, but also what was popular and alternative music was my thing, too, at the time. So mm-hmm. it, it was kind of a, like a melting pot. And one thing I can remember about the stations in San Diego at that time, um, some of them were going, some of them would go off the air, believe it or not, still at that time. And, really? Or, they couldn't start a single banner and they go up? They, yeah, they, they would do that. But you know, it, not only that, they also played a Mexican um, anthem, national anthem, or they were, if they didn't go off the air, they would start the day programming with that. Maybe that's what it was. They probably stayed on, remain on air at the time. But they would start the day playing the Mexican, I think it was a Mexican national anthem or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, oh, okay, okay. But okay. I, I, I remember, because we were like so close to the border, so they would always, people were singing and all that stuff. So that yeah. was quite interesting. And um, yeah, it was, uh, but we, we there were there were two stations I, I would primarily flip between. It was the R&B station there. Which I, I'm sorry, I just can't remember the uh, the station's names and the uh, pop station. And the pop station would go in, especially on the weekend with the with the club music, and they would always do like these like top notch like club mixes on Fridays. You know, it, it was it was it was kind of interesting when I, and at that time when I say club, it was a mixture of like you know like New Jack Swing and some yeah, house music. Yeah. But on on Saturday nights, they were definitely incorporate more house music yeah yeah that's what's up that's what's up i mean tower records are there any tower records left Mm -mm. no i i there may be something online but you know tower that all of those closed but i miss i really miss that era because yeah there's no there's really no music stores you have to find those like one-off mom and pop stores like here uh, one of my favorite places to go to here in the dc area is cd depot but in California, LA, I go to Amoeba. Ooh, you need to check out Amoeba Records. But those those were like the, the, those are now. But yeah, you go and you peruse through. You know, you don't ever want to go to a music store with me, especially if it has records. Believe mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> me, I understand because I used I, yeah. to go to Tower Records hey. in New York. Mm-hmm. And that was like a whole experience. It was like its own own building. Yeah. yeah. More than one level at that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, All Byron. Um, even from anywhere they had mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I have to disagree with you, Byron. I would love to go to a music store with you. I mean, it, <laughs> it beats a, it, it's a whole lot better than going to a clothing store and just sitting there four or five hours <laughs> with your wife or a shoe store. You know, I would love to go. I promise you. I'm yeah. telling you, Tamika. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling. I'm telling. <laughs> okay, okay. It's recording. You know, I'll play it for myself. I have no problem doing that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, hey, uh, you... crate dig. I call them crate digging sessions. So it's like, you know, especially when I was hanging out in New York and people wanted to would want to hang out with me while while I would go record shopping. And only, there was only one other friend. Well, two other. My best friend, may he rest in peace. Well, both of my friends are now passed, both of them. But going with my best friend, Bill Mukahi, oh my gosh, we would spend hours. And then my other friend, Sean 360X, he went by the name of Sean 360X as an artist. But um, those are the only two that really, truly understood, you know, because we were all in that culture. Now, other people would tag along or call themselves one of the tag along and hang out, but they quickly realized uh, going to a record store probably was not a wise thing because they would be sitting there for hours while I'm I'm going, I'm digging deep into the crates. So, you know. Yeah. That's what's up. But hey, let's not keep the people waiting. Let's go and get this thing started. So um, where are we starting? What, what song are we going to first start with you, Byron? You know, well, uh, I, I guess we'll talk, take it to the, at the from the top of the list. Uh, let's just keep it in order. But, you know, I'll kick off the discussion. And it, because all these songs are favorites of mine, you know, uh, so let's just take it from the top. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Summertime. Oh, I think that's the first man. one that pops to mind. What about you? Now, well, let's go. Let's all right. Let's all go. right. So. of course this was like toward the beginning of the summer so it, it I remember it yeah I, I guess the, the video and the song premiered around the same time like like May-ish time frame yeah. of 1991 and I remember Freshman Freshman to Bel Air they premiered the video right after one of the episodes that yeah, was so when right. big mm-hmm. artists would it was an event when whenever people would release music like Michael Jackson was the king of doing that he would hijack a a channel, a uh, television channel, and it was a big event. So they yeah. did, they followed suit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But check it out. I mean, like you said, it, it did premiere on after an episode of, of uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And one thing I, I can say about this song, uh, it's not just a song, it's a whole vibe. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, here lately, I just learned of some, like, not necessarily controversy, but like, kind of like, I don't know, some like, some, uh, I guess it's called controversy. And it makes sense when you think about it. Rakim, I saw a uh, piece on Rakim when he was on The Breakfast Club and he was talking about how uh, Will Smith kind of stole his style on that song a little bit. And if you go back and listen to some of Rakim's uh, uh, music, you can kind of see like, yeah, he has this kind of similar delivery, kind of like Rakim. But for the most part, I mean, the fact remains, this is one of the biggest songs of 1991. I think this song was the equivalent of uh, this is how we do it by Montel Jordan back in '95. You know, what I'm saying this was the jam. I mean, this is just, I mean, it's, it's a whole vibe. Kim? Yeah. Now, and- now, that is not really surprising. But can someone really take someone's emceeing style? No, no. Well, no. I would. I, well, there's been some controversies over the years because you know when. Um, you know, Foxy Brown, she had her own style when her sophomore album 
dropped and she released that single hot spot a lot of people were trying to compare her to little kim saying that she was biting off little kim's style uh i think people tend to borrow certain elements or Mm -hmm. but you know everyone's style is their style you know what i mean Uh right right. they may they may they may um try i guess take from certain energies but I mean, I think everyone is unique. I, I never really saw the comparison between uh, Fresh, Fresh Prince and uh, Rakim. I, now, I, that, I never thought about Rakim when I heard that. Now, honestly, now that you say that, I can see a similarity to um, some of his past work and the way that Rakim delivered it. But mm-hmm. the thing is, you may not like me after I say this, I didn't really like Summertime back then. Really? I did not. Every time it came on, which was all the time, (laughs) I would turn it off. I'm thinking it was that um, New York, New Jersey thing where Fresh Prince is really a rapper kind of thing that was going on. And I'm like, whatever. He's the real MC. But now... Every summer, you got to hear it. You got to. That's that's like 4th of July, Juneteenth now. You got to play Summertime. So that's a classic. You got to play it. And it's kind of funny. Like, you read some of the information about the song, and they say that he's doing an impression of Rakim. I never really picked up on it, honestly. It wasn't until he just said that. And I'm thinking of some of Rakim's old lyrics and the way that he delivered it. It was kind of reminiscent to that but mm. not so much to to the point where anyone really noticed it i think the only person that would really notice it was rakim well i i think what hooked me immediately is when you heard that cool in the gang sample summer madness yeah i thought that was yeah. a genius how they worked that in there absolutely and not only that um dj jazz just for fresh prince i mean they did their thing back in the 90s uh i'm the rapper he's a dj is one of my favorite albums of all mm. time be perfectly honest. This was this song was actually from the I think um second or third album, Home Base. Home Base. And you know yeah. what? Yeah. And and they won their, their Grammy. They were the, they were the yeah they won a Grammy for this in 1992. And here's a tidbit. They were they won it in the uh what is it uh best rap performance of a group or duo. Mm-hmm. That was the second award of that category. Who won the first one? Does anyone anyone know? What's the category? Uh, it, it, it's it's the um, best rap performance, best rap performance by a group or duo. Who won the so, first one? Yeah, which was awarded in 1991. Who won that first one? Salt and Pepper. DJ Jazz and Jeff and the Fresh Prince. They won the no, first they one. won the second one. They won the second one. The they won the second one. So who won the first one? Quincy Jones. So Quincy Jones compilation album well, from his album right? Back on the Block, the title track Back on the Block won the won the very first rap Grammy. And, you know that fe- featured um Marley um, Mall, yeah. well, not Marley Mall, Melly Mel, uh mm-hmm. Kumo D, um Rakim, I think was on there. Uh let's see who else. Uh oh my god. Uh no mind, I'm sorry, not that Rakim, Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy, Big Daddy Kane, Kumo D. Melly Mel and Quincy Jones the third. But this is the thing. 
right now, could you really fit any part of that that song with Quincy Jones and all of them? Hell no. But do you remember Summertime? I remember Summertime, yes. I remember, no, I remember Back on the Block. I remember that was, a, that was. I'm pretty sure you do, Byron. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? What'd you say? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you do, Byron. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't a single. You know, that, you know, that was surprising because it wasn't really a single that was released or pushed. But I, I think Quincy Jones's name being on that because it was hit on his album. Exactly. It was a rap song that kind of yeah. carried it over. Yeah. So I guess, but it was a true rap song. I mean, it was it was phenomenal yeah. compiling those big names on there like that. Yeah. But it doesn't stand the test of time because I'm really no, wrong. no, and yeah. it sounds dated too. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. summertime is priceless to me. It's yeah. a time now Absolutely. it is at the time when it came out. I was tired. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's move any on. song. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next? What do we want to hear next? Let's do Phyllis Hyman. I don't want to change the world. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm. A lot of people have just want to be a girl. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say this. Um, Silicon is one of the most underrated uh, female R&B artists ever. Um, yes, she she has such a, a rich sound. Um, she has such a deep sound. And um, I think a lot of that came from her mental illness, some of the pain and, and the stuff that she was uh, d- going through during that time with mental illness. And I hate that, you know, it's good now that we pay attention to mental, mental illness now as much, but I wish that... Um, they had the services and the support that they had back then. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like her career could have expanded a lot longer. And she could have done a lot more. Because believe it or not, this song right here, I think it was the only chart, excuse me, chart topper. I think he peaked at maybe number 17. If I'm not mistaken, she really didn't have a whole number lot of one. It was her first yeah. number one. Right, right, right. So um, On the R&B chart. So. And I believe exactly. it was right before she passed. Four years yeah, before. Like, Okay. Four years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, um, I found out that she's actually uh, the cousin of Earl Hyman, uh, who played uh, on the Cosby Show. Get out. The, yeah, she she's uh, uh, Grandpa Huxley's uh, cousin, first cousin, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but the main thing, the main thing I wanted to talk about this song was not only did it have a funky beat, a good um, beat that you could dance to, but um, Phyllis Hyman, like I said, she was just so underrated. And I think that might have kind of fueled some of her um, her mental illness, the fact uh-huh. that she felt like she was a, she could be That's recognized fine. with some of the greats, you know what I'm saying, during her time, and she wasn't, you know. She actually started putting in work back with Norman Connors uh, back in the 70s. Uh, Norman Connors saying this thing, you are, if you aren't familiar, um, you're on my starship. Uh-huh. Uh, and matter of fact, she actually did a duet with Norman because they redid the uh, stylistics, uh, Bet You By Golly Wow. Which I, I love. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Definitely remember that. Phyllis Hyman was mainly recognized, well, remembered to me for her ballads, her slow songs, slow, yeah, um, R and B. So, was this to me one of her best songs? I don't honestly know. 
I mean, no. was it a pop hit at that time? Yes, because it's what they were looking for then. She was kind of, I feel like she was kind of giving the people what they wanted, but her true love was slow, slow jams, R&B yeah. um, type of music. I think it was a reluctant hit for her um, <laughs> because it is just definitely straight away from what she preferred and, um, you know, was used to doing. But that being said, it was fresh and refreshing. The video was great. She looked yeah, great in the video. Um, I just feel that she felt underappreciated. I mean, just just listening, just listening to or watching previous interviews of hers, like especially like on. I don't know if you all remember when she was on um, Video Soul with Donnie Simpson, mm-hmm. how she would um, literally go off on a tirade in a sense, uh, where she would just talk about how it doesn't pay the bills and how you know if she had a bunch of weave and big boobs and all that type of stuff, which she actually, well, I'm going to go there, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> she was in doubt. She was in doubt. One of the main things I remember when she was on um, school days and she was mm. performing at the mm-hmm. pool party at school mm-hmm. days and she had that really low cut dress. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. she was very yeah. long ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. Signature classic sound, classy sound, um, she always provided. And she will always remain as a top shelf artist to me. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Up next, one of the groups associated with the original boy band. Mm. Mm. And this would be another bad creation. Oh, boy. Okay, okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, this takes me so bad. Oh, God, I remember dancing and talent shows. This. Yeah. <laughs> My overalls. <laughs> Michael Bivens, uh, of course, you know, Michael Bivens is responsible for the seven of the group. I say his vision uh, with this group was to try to bring. Uh, uh, a newfound, new addition um, to the R&B charts uh, with a little bit more flavor to it, you know, um, a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit more hip-hop pizzazz to it. Um, I love this song. Another Bad Creation was a great group. I, I love how they, I love their sound. I love their, um, their, 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 I love everything about that. Uh, this this song was a, a real chart maker, okay? They were very reminiscent, reminiscent of um, the old new edition from uh, from yeah. from Candy Girl and Mr. Telephone Man. So ABC, ABC did put their mark down, but whatever happened to them? That one album, and they were gone. It was that like was they it. were out of, out of out of sight. Um, yes. but it was it was a heavy hit, and they had like what like three or four singles from this album. Yeah, from Cooling uh, at the Playground. I, I think we got to pay. Uh, Homage to Michael Bivens. I know I talked about he um, discovered them, but uh, what people don't understand before you know your P Diddy's and your Master P's, you know, you talk about your artist turned label executive. Biv Ten did. Um, he did it first. 10, yeah. He did it first. Um, he had another um, um, creation, Voice to Men. Um, it seemed like he had another uh, MC Brains. MC Brains. MC Brains. Um, there was a white group yeah. that white boy group. Uh, um, sudden, that he was- sudden impact, sudden impact. 
Um, and I, the only way I remember them is from that uh, East Coast Family video, that awful one, uh, One for All. Do you remember that song? Yeah. Yeah, but they, they never materialized. I think they changed their names a couple of times, but they never materialized to anything. But, uh, I mean, I mean, I say all that to say this, you know, uh, Michael Bivens, I don't think gets the recognition he deserves. He does. As a label, as a label exec, because he really, I mean, he was a, he was a, uh, he was really a big time, a big time, and you know, back in the nineties, that you know, yeah. during that moment, and not to mention BBD, the success with BBD, right? And, that, exactly. and this, this is rolled I mean, off of the success BBD. of BBD. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Think about what um, they did. They were able to take what they learned from New Edition and start a completely new group with the ones who weren't as utilized in New Edition at the time. And genius. So now you finally realize Ronnie can really sing when he wants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> well, one, 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 one cool thing about um, this whole ABC outfit, you know, they were on Motown and they helped reestablish Motown as a force in R&B because, you know, Motown had kind of fallen off, mm -hmm. but they were yeah. the first to put Motown back up there. And to them, people were getting signed. And even though I think, in my personal opinion, when it comes to Motown, I think a good example would be another bad creation. They were the first ones to get the push that Motown provided, but I think they were kind of like the last because now when in, when artists get signed to Motown, I I, I kind of cringe because it's like the kiss of death. Motown does yeah. not. Yeah, right. Motown I mean, artists. Ashley, who yeah. is anyone out right now even signed to Motown? Well, they exist. Well, I know India Ari was on Motown. I don't know if she's still affiliated with them. She maybe she was the last, like the last one that really got that push because so much attention was on her. You know, she made a huge impact. But um, other artists, it's like they may get one video. Yeah, <laughs> but that yeah. that goes back to what we were talking about with P Diddy and um, whatever happened to ABC is they make the money real quick they make that quick money they get all the fame and everything and then it's like the management and the the record producers just lose all interest yeah yeah you made my money so um i don't think you could do another record or if you do do another record they don't really put as much effort into promoting you right yeah i think i think they 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 think that artists are going to fall in place like similar to how the Jackson had that immediate success. They expect the artists to eclipse what they put in. Mm. And, right, right. You know, most of the time it doesn't I think it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm happy for what they provided because ABC, um, Aisha, that was a classic. Yeah, and it still is a banger to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What we got next, Kim? Next up, Mr. Lenny Kravitz himself mm. Byron. Yes. Our last podcast, Kim, podcast Kim and I did, um, we had Phil um, on our playlist. Uh -huh. And one of the things I said about it was that, you know, a lot of people, when he first came out, when they saw him, they automatically put him in, R, in like an R&B category. 
mm-hmm. which I think the same thing could be said about Lenny Kravitz. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he was African-American, a lot of people had a tendency to want to put him in the R&B category. But you may mention um, that you were into the alternative thing back, you know, in the 90s and whatnot. And I think this would um, qualify uh, for the most part as like a, more like an alternative uh, type song. I, I just like the, the feel of it, like the flow, you know, the, the, the sound of it. Um, I think it was just one of those songs. That, it was just different. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for different stuff, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I liked about it. Now, a couple of tidbits about it. Um, I had no idea, but this was actually a song he wrote to try to win. He was having trouble with his marriage with uh, Lisa Bonet at the time. Yes, he was. Now, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought, I thought um, when this song came out, I didn't think he actually got married until after the song came out. No, they were already no, married. They, they were, were, they were married. on the outs, pretty much. Yeah. They were married yeah. when they, she was on... Um, the Cosby show, they were married. That was part yeah. of the reason why she, well, part of the reason why her and Bill were coming to blows because she mm-hmm. suddenly got married and was pregnant and everything. Mm-hmm. And, she and then the, the movie Angel Heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and another, One thing um, I can remember, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Well, well I, I was going to say, uh, without us going there with that whole situation, there was a whole lot involved and there was actually a lot of other music that came from that situation. Not necessarily from Lenny Kravitz, but from Nana Cherry, because she had a response song to that whole situation because she didn't like what Lenny had done to Lisa Bonet. Uh, he had cheated, actually, on her with um, the young lady that was in Under the uh, uh, Graffiti Bridge. That, oh, um, man. I, yeah. Girl, yeah. So, allegedly, allegedly, you know, that, right, right. that situation. But anyway, uh, Nana uh, Cherry's Buddy X song is the response to this that was you know later oh. released but this bring takes me back to my freshman year in college because by the time you know when this song was how the charts i was a freshman at um southern university baton rouge go jaguars su all right all right, all right. Um, <laughs> and um the band would play this every football game especially if the football team was down they would start playing because <laughs> <laughs> it ain't over till it's over, <laughs> it's over. Right, right, right. And uh, and of course, you know the March Band, Southern U- Southern University's um, jukebox, Human Jukebox, yeah. is the best band in the land of all. Yeah, HBCU. And also, come to find out that this song was actually uh, inspired by "That's the Way of the World" by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. And if you play it back, you know later, you know you can actually hear elements mm-hmm. of that song. Of yes. that song. Yeah. Um, Do you want to hear something and- interesting? Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off, Marcus. You're okay. You're okay. And also, uh, we also know that not only was he married, like married to Lisa Bernard, but he's also the son of Roxy Roku, played, uh, uh, who did she play? Uh, Tom Wilson's yeah. wife. Uh, yeah, on the Jeffersons, from the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he had, um, he made another song later in reference to her death, because when she passed away from cancer, it yeah. really affected him deeply because he loved his mama. Yeah, yeah, that was back in yeah. 1997, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Thinking yeah. of you mm-hmm. or something? Yeah, I yeah. I'm right. in the video. I believe that's right. But yeah. listen, yeah. There's, there's one interesting fact around this song. Um, so, you know, when this is from Lenny Kravitz's second album, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's the second single that was released from his second debut, Mama's, the second album, Mama Said. And he was considered an underground artist. I wouldn't even put him in a, I, I, I would never put him in an alternative category he was rock he was pure rock he was just honestly he was they 
that's what I don't like about these genres and putting people in boxes when Mm -hmm. he was not what we typically heard on the R&B station and he sounded a a whole lot more his whole album sounded a whole lot more like rock so because he's black him and Slash from Guns N' Roses were pretty much the same ethnicity they were both mixed so Uh why is he considered R&B, but slashes in rock. I mean, so exactly. I don't think Lenny was ever considered R&B. This just one track just happened to have that feel, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually, when they when they recorded the song, they you know the labels and all of them, they knew it was going to be a big hit. And since Lenny was more of an underground artist, he was actually afraid of that success, so he gave this song to to Smokey Smoky Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm I'm happy that the label pulled it back for him to to record because I mean yeah it sounds like something Smokey was saying but I don't know if Smokey really sings other people's music. I, I think he right I, I think he's more his own music, yeah. 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 But but I think people have probably had a tendency to to uh, put him towards R and B because you know anything that comes on BET and I remember seeing this video several times uh-huh. on BET and they automatically think yeah. it's R and B or hip hop. So I think that's where that um, came from. Yeah, I think it comes from his skin color. Like he's black and he's singing, exactly. and they, and they yeah, yeah. they automatically dump us. But we have so many rockers. We got Reese. You yeah. all know Reese Fishbone. Fishbone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Living Color. Living, Living Color. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. So we okay. cannot be put in a box. We do it all. We do it all. All right. Chase the point. What's next, Kim? Well, you know what? I know you see your format and everything that I'm supposed to be playing in order. However, since we brought up the fact between Lenny Kravitz and who he was messing with, we're going to play Madonna Justify My Love, and I'll tell you why. Yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. As a matter of fact, you're on point for that. You're on on point for that. (laughs) I love it. So now so now what? Wanting, needing, waiting for you to justify my love. Hoping, praying. Now, what you may not know is this was actually written by Lenny Kravitz and Ingrid Chavez. So, I did not know. Was his sister? Yes. Yeah. So that was but, the cause of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. But Travis didn't get credit for the song. She didn't get her credits for the song, and she sued her ex-boyfriend, Mr. Kravitz. She Lenny went. was doing wrong. Lenny was being dirty. That wow. <laughs> but but this, this song, song here. is by Madonna. One of my mm. favorite Madonna songs. Yeah, it's a little raunchy, but you know me. I like it. <laughs> it wasn't as raunchy as the video was. Oh, honey. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 look, I had to, you had to go purchase a video tape. Yeah. That, that, I, I still have my video, my VHS tape from oh, Tower really? Records. Up, I still have it, yeah. Wow, 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 yeah. Madonna put out a lot of bangers. And, um, yeah, she did. I guess she was kind of, she, she could do, she could, Madonna was very, I guess you could say, like a uh, a handy woman for the most part. Um, 
to me. Now, this is to me. You know, she had hits that, you know, that, that were on the R&B side that got the BET plays. Mm-hmm. You had the pop hits. You had your rock hits. She had a little bit of everything, you know. And um, this one right here, I remember this one because she really wasn't singing. She really wasn't rapping per se. Spoken you know, word. You spoken word, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was very it was unique. Hot. Yeah, it was very hot, yeah. The production on it was very hot. And it sampled... Um, oh, um, Public Enemy. Yeah, it yeah. sampled um, one of their tracks. Okay, that was, okay. That was the, that was the uh, Security of the First World. world. Security of the First World, I think that was yeah. the name of the song. That yeah. was the beat from that song yeah. that they used, which was yeah. genius. Yeah, very genius, very genius, yeah. I mean, Madonna around the 90s, I mean, I know she has a lot of hits through 90s, 2000s, 80s, but Madonna on in the 90s, I think she was just no holds bar then, and I just appreciate just women just being themselves period and yeah. just, just expressing themselves and I, I loved it absolutely absolutely it surprised me it surprised me again Kim oh, oh I surprised you it surprised me again <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, I'm I'm glad I I I want to I want to keep you on your toes cuz yeah I, I love yeah. that we all having fun here Yes, we a blast. are. A blast. Yeah. We're just having a nice little conversation about the things that we oh, do. Yeah. But this is what we would normally do anyway. I know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're just recording it. <laughs> yeah, we're just sharing it with the world. But this is yeah. this is the spotlight into how things have always yeah. been. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to take it back and give praises to the Almighty, all in all, with some sounds of black. crazy about this song what makes this song so special okay that unless you knew this group personally or on a personal level nobody knew this was a gospel song exactly (laughs) (laughs) but that's what I like about it it's letting people know that God is in everything right 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 and actually until until after the fact you know what I'm saying and so What's so again? That's what makes this song special because you know, I mean, people just be dancing to it and they had no idea. You know, we're dancing to it to a gospel song, and what makes this song even more special is because it was produced by anybody want to take a guess? Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. There you go. There you go. Before the before the top act together, pulling these people together for this for this uh, group and this project, which is still continuing. I mean, I think. They have a new yeah. song out right now. I mean, it's it's continuing on, and and as we've been in and out, and uh-huh. she's definitely had a successful um, solo career. But yeah, this was like the first. They they were following in the vein of BB and CC Winans because you know their music was kind of 
some of their songs were were yeah. were played on R and B, and yeah. if you didn't know, you might not realize that it was a, a gospel song. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, what sounds about a black? This was a, I mean, this not only was a big, huge R and B hit, but it crossed over to the dance charts, and we didn't we didn't even include this one. But uh, the pressure, oh my gosh, mm. that song, the pressure. That whole album, I used to play it front and back all the time. I love Frankie Knuckles' version, the house version. Yes, yes, I do. (laughs) And 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 that's what I loved about. uh, And I noticed this about everything that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis did. did. A lot of the artists got the top shelf remix treatment from people like David Morales and Frankie Knuckles, um, who had his hands all over the pressure. Uh, and then as we would go in and re-sing the verses, I mean, we cater the songs for that format, which made it even more special to me. So what's next? All right. Okay. See this as a summer song because when I when I first heard it, it was like still kind of it's like early spring. I don't spring. remember. Did I hear it before? So it was confusing. It was confusing when this song was out because the version that I like was not this particular version. Now, what's the difference between what, the two versions? What's so, the difference exactly? So the version that I like was featured in New Jack City. And because um, yeah, the verse the verse was sang differently and it had a little bit more of a music flow. This is to me, this was like the remix version, but this was the album version because of it. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Oh. I think it has more um, okay. more it. So this one was the one that was on New Jack City soundtrack. The other one was the one, the album, their album CMB, which was released at the same time. So it's kind of like, remember, um, Boys to Me had Ooh, I had two versions to it. The song Ooh, I. Oh, it did? Yeah, it had an album version and it had a sequel. The one that was a more, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. I guess it's the same thing with this right here. You know, it had kind of a sequel version, but like it had two for different versions of it. One was more singing, and the other was more talking. You know? I think, and, and, and you know, more than more we talk about, it, I think they wanted to really, since the, since their debut album was released the same time as the soundtrack, I think they wanted to allow that album to stand on its own. So that's why they have like that that main single version that everybody knows, but mm-hmm. everyone tends to forget about the one that was in New Jack City, which to me was the better version. <laughs> yeah. opinion, but, you know. I like both of them. I like both of them. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, we, we made reference to it, I mean, throughout the uh, throughout this part, you know, um, when everybody thinks about this song, they think about New Jack City. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I mean, and uh, but uh, other than that, I mean, it's a great song. It's got a nice feel to it. Um, you just kind of 
remember back in the day, just putting your headphones on, just vibing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the only part, if, you know, you just don't, might not remember the words, but you know that I want to set you up. I mean, you know, so. <laughs> and I know you're not going to sing yeah. that song. <laughs> 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 yeah, speaking of which, also got some uh, um, uh, Slick Rick. Slick Rick elements. Slick Rick, of, uh, yes. A lot Dottie. Of Dottie. I yeah, think that's yeah, what's added to the added to the soundtrack version that's not in the original version. Oh, uh, it's not. I, I thought it was. I believe, it's in there. I it's in the original. That's what it was. It's at the beginning. Yeah, they all start the same way. How they do? Yeah, the mm. art TikTok you don't stop to the art mm. TikTok you don't stop. Mm. Yeah. 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 But I think this song will be forever remembered as you know the pretty much. The New Jack Even City. though New Jack City soundtrack had had several bangers on it, um, mm-hmm. this was like the the biggest uh, hit. Yeah, from that from that album. Christopher Williams also had. There's so much music in 1991. Yeah, that yeah, we, yeah, it was. We, we, I know. Unfortunately, Chris Williams had "I'm Dreaming," which was yeah to me. Is still I love a, that song. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we actually went over that in our trial run. Oh, we did. We did. We did. That was one of our songs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And there was another sample in this song. Does anybody know? Let me think. Was it Cardinal something? No. Oh, um, from um, Betty Wright. Well, no, that, we already mentioned her. I know okay. you're not going to sing that song. No, that's actually right. a music, musical uh, sample in here that and during the what chorus. Uh, Strawberry Letter 23. Brother Johnson. I didn't even yeah. notice it. Brother from Brothers Johnson? Johnson uh, Brothers? Father Johnson, Father Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> it's, in the, wow. it's in the chorus part. Yeah, I have to go back and look that up. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we're transitioning on to my list of my favorites. <laughs> on oh boy. Nineteen ninety one. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Janet Jackson, my favorite Jackson all Jackson. Now again, uh-huh. Janet Jackson produced by none other than Jimmy Pan and Terry Lewis. Yes. One of the best producers ever who are associated yeah. to my favorite singer of all time, Prince. <laughs> Yeah. And um, this video was from the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation 1814. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest albums of Yes. One of her best albums ever. And one of the things that's special about the video for this song is where they were saying that this is the first time where she was more sexualized and looks more mm-hmm. sexy. But honestly, I thought she was more... Um, was still outgoing in the rhythm, not Rhythm Nation, but um, the Control album. Yeah, yeah, but this is the first time you saw Scan Janet Scan, and she you know, she, she was a little bit covered up in Control. Yeah. She was, yeah. she was. And you know, this yeah. is like one of a lot. A lot of these songs that we've talked about actually made their debut in 1990, 
like on a tr- you know, it was released in 1990, yeah. but it crossed over into 91. Mm-hmm. And this was a huge, another huge record for her. You know, it was like yeah. one of those standout yeah, albums. Last single yeah. from... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no. I was, I was just saying it was the last single, the final... The, yeah, the, yeah there was the last single from Rhythm Nation before she prepared for Janet. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Janet, that is my favorite album. <laughs> anyway, so this was her maybe her first real sexy video showing skin, but it definitely wasn't her last. <laughs> hey, real quick, another tidbit. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying, I didn't want to step on your toes, Kim, but um, but uh, come to find out, this was actually uh supposed to have been written as a duet. With who? And, yep. Get rid of one and the only. The purple Prince, one. Prince. Prince. Get out. They were, yep. they were considering Prince and also members of New Edition, um, Johnny Gill or Rap Tressman. So I, I just want to pose a question to both of you. If this song had to be remade, who if this song if you were making this song and you decided to make it a duet, which one of those guys would have fit the mold for this song? You know my answer. Uh, I well, it sounds yeah. like a Prince song. It, it has that Prince sound to it. You know, it has like that <laughs> element that that, well, that. I mean, you got to think about it. It is Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I mean, they're they're all from the same from the same you know hood from the same mold of Minnesota. It's got a Minnesota sound to it. But I mean, yeah. To me, I listened to it last night. I mean, you got to, I was thinking about it vocally. I think Johnny Gill would have been a better fit to me, you know, because they have similar. This is me talking. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Johnny, Johnny Gill. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I, I, I think he would over. He probably would over sing it. You know he does that. He he'll take over anyway. song. Yeah, with with Janet. Janet had such a soft voice, and you know how hard Johnny sings. Yeah, I do. So it takes an yeah. edgy yeah. voice for this one. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think they were right in line properly with Prince. And because sometimes Prince can lower his voice really low and yeah. have have this kind of. Thing, this, this Which was the part that, where Janet was singing low. That was where yeah. he was supposed to sing. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I could see it. Would he have done it though? I doubt it. Because no, you I know how it. my baby was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so no, I would say no because he didn't do it. <laughs> he didn't do it. So. That's probably why it didn't happen because he yeah. said no. <laughs> right. All right. All right. So what's next? So moving right along, this is one of the pop hits that I just loved. This is taking it into a little bit of a different direction, but I love this song. Put that on the map. This song was so 
sweet. And I had a little crush on the one with the long, really long hair that was playing the guitar. He was so cute. <laughs> yeah, this is like the third single from that album that um, they came from. All right, so y'all buckle up for this one. Um, when I saw the list, Kim, when you put out the list, right, and I saw this song, and I looked at it, and I said, you know what? I never heard this song before. Oh. But it's, yeah. Yeah. So, so check it out. So listen to me now. So, I, so when I saw it, and I, um, I said, okay, well, Kim knows what she's doing. Kim is a, a very good, has great taste when it comes to music. So it must be pretty hot. So I got it, I listened to it. And I listened to it again. And I listened to it again. Right. <laughs> and when it was all said and done, the only thing that I could come up with was a catch line from um, In Living Color. Hated it. Oh, I'm sorry. This was a huge record. This, this, listen, this was like. I had never heard. Listen, I'm not saying this. Listen, the arrangement is great. The music is great. I love the harmony uh, that they, they displayed, but it just. Makes me, I mean, I feel like I was watching Sesame Street when I listened to the, when I listened to the, the song. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's a girl thing. I don't know. It touched my heart in a special way, and I thought it was sweet song. I like it. <laughs> well, you know what? And, and to, to add to what Marcus was saying, you know, I was in, when I first heard it, you know, it just came out while I was living out in California, and I was around so many different people, you know, uh, it's a melting pot. So this song I heard a lot, you know, it, it was a huge, a lot. yeah. So, um, so I was in an environment where this one was a thriving song. So I guess at that time, you know, this is probably when Blakely, they you probably would not nah. hear anything like this. It, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. We talked about they, that. Yeah. They were yeah. really, they didn't play much of anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, one of the radio stations I'm connected with here is actually celebrating um, their 30th anniversary next year. So it wasn't until like 92 that we actually started like really hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy, right? I can tell you, if I wanted to hear popular music, I had to go to my grandmother's house because it just wasn't happening. It wasn't yeah, happening. I, remember, I remember. And I yeah. remember the uh, radio station in, uh, what is it, out of Dothan? I can't remember which yeah. one. I just remember it would go off the air. It seems like at around six, six yeah. in the yeah. evening or whatever. No, it'll be about it'll be, it'll be about nine, about nine, nine, okay. nine ten. Yeah, yeah. They play a couple of gospel. They'll play a couple of gospel songs and then they'll go off the air for the rest of the evening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great times yep. though. So we, yeah, that, yes, that's we how we entertain ourselves time. during the day. Yeah. It's like hanging out at Granddad's. Yeah. So that, that's why I brought my tape deck and my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 like I said, Kim. I mean, it's a great song. Now, don't get me wrong; it's a great song, but it just didn't do anything for me, you know. It's, so it's okay. You know, it's okay. Yeah. My taste or my taste and your taste. I was thrilled when yeah. I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, well yeah. rounded Thank here. Thank you, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next so one is one of mine and Byron's favorites. Oh. And mine too, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Now, first 
this from their debut album, World Click. Great album. And yes, it was. Another album I played front and back Classic. constantly. I know the whole album. Classic album. <laughs> had yeah. everyone from Bootsy Collins to Maceo to Tribe Call, um, Q-Tip from Tribe Call Quest, another one of my favorite MCs. Mm-hmm. And actually, this came out, um, this was recorded back in the 80s, but I think once they added Trial Call Quest and Lucy Collins and everything and remastered it, that's when mm-hmm. it became a hit in 91. Yeah. One of First my hitting the charts in 90, another one of those crossovers into the, in, in 91, but yeah. That was... yeah. I associate this song with you two guys, to be honest with you. Okay. Every time I hear, I, I every time I hear this song, I think about you, t- y'all two dancing in Granddad's living room. And just, just, <laughs> really? <laughs> I swear, I got my witness. Yes, I, I, I associate this song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great song, man. I mean, it means like that song that just makes you automatically get up and dance. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's got a catchy, catchy hook to it, man. I mean, you know, that's a man. fun song. Yes, it's, it's a, a very, very fun, fun song. song. The, the video album is a fun album. I, I love that. And the video, the video treatment the song got. I mean, it's it, to me, to me, it's a timeless. Even though they were like dressed in like the whole like seventy, you know what? They ushered in that whole style. But the nineties was this. Um, everyone was pretty much dressing in in like seventies. I was wearing style. bell bottoms in the nineties. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. So they ushered in that whole trend at that time where people doing those throwback looks. And oh. um, yes. You know, I was about to say something, but I'm thinking of another video. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, D Light can do no wrong. I, I mean, I really, really miss them. No, um, I wish they had put out more albums. Me, I think they only had one more after this one, right, Byron? No, no, they did three. They did? Well, actually, technically, they did four. Yeah, they had after this one. There was um, what was it? Uh, oh gosh, don't make me lie. Um, Dew drops in the garden was the last one, but they had uh, Royal Click. No, Royal Click was the first. Infinity Within was the second, which was more of a like an environmental conscious one. It wasn't mm. as popular, but it was a great great album too. Yeah, and they did uh, Dew drops in the garden, which actually was my favorite album by them because that encompassed all of Clubland with its elements. But anyway, Royal Click, classic. Definitely a classic. classic. Yeah. You know? Love Delight. Love Delight. Gotta love Delight. Yeah. And they're, you know what? They're they're actually products of the DMV area here in Washington D.C. They are. Or in New York, I think they 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 were originally out of this region between D.C. and Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. And they set up shop in New York. Maybe, no, maybe they were in New York and they, I, I can't remember. They, they're somehow connected to D.C. I can't, I don't know if it was Lady Miss Keir. I think she's what. from D.C. I remember that one guy was from Russia and the other guy, I believe he Japan. might be from New York, but he was from Japan. Mm-hmm. Toate. Mm-hmm. Dimitri Toate and Lady Miss Keir. Yeah, that's what's up. They should. Okay. Um, are they touring? No, they're not even together. I mean, Lady Miss Kira, I know, became a DJ. She was doing that. She does that. But I haven't seen. I know Toa Tay went on. He's he's had several albums. He's he's been releasing all kinds of music. Uh, he's the only one that was actively releasing music after the Delight outfit. Dimitri, he 
just went in hiding. <laughs> you know, we never heard yeah. from him. Really. I, I mean, I haven't seen hair or hide of him, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up is the love of my life. I still mourn his death to this very day. Mm, I wonder Good who job. that is. Break them all because you are the best. Yes, you are. Get on top. Love of my life, I'm not married now the Diamonds yeah. and Pearls album, mm. 1991. Yeah, and and the United States King hit number one for two weeks on the Billboard Hot 100. However, not on the R&B singles, hot R&B singles. Which one of Prince's songs actually hit on the hot R&B singles instead? Uh, diamonds and pearls. Yeah. That and get off. Insatiable. Oh, insatiable. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, this yes. album was like my favorite outside of um Sound of the Times. Sound of the Times is my number one favorite yeah, Prince album, but this was the next Man, people that's that's one of the things that irks me when people say, Oh, I'm a Prince fan. I love Purple Rain. That was his best album. No, it wasn't. No. Sign <laughs> of the Times, front yeah. to back, every single song. That was yeah. his best album. Yeah. Oh, don't give yeah. me credit. I was, I was uh I like this song, but uh I like Diamonds and Pearls better. That's my I'm, mama's I'm, favorite song. <laughs> you know, this was a pretty cool song. Um it, was, it, it had a, a signature Prince sound. To it, um, a little sub- little seduction to it, you know, uh-huh. cream, yeah, you know. So, but um, again, I mean, very solid hit by Prince. But like I said, I was I was big uh Diamonds and Pearls, and I think we touched on it how in the Janet Jackson song that um how Kim said that his voice he could change his voice, bring his voice down, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and um, that's not Diamonds and Pearls where he goes uh beautiful girl in the world. That's the one I'm thinking about. Where his voice Always goes. singing that falsetto yeah. the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he goes, um, Could you be? Could you be? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. But still, I, you know, uh, I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this one because, um, first of all, I like how it began, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, all that. But anyway, um, the video, I love. I was so intrigued with this whole Diamonds and Pearls project because you had the two two ladies who looked alike mm-hmm. that weren't they, actually they, twins, though. They weren't twins, no. Nor but really. they looked alike at first glance. You think, oh, these dancers were twins. It was just a. And he always had interesting concepts with each project, which yeah. made everything so special and unique. But my favorite yeah. dancer of his was Cat. That was my Cat, favorite. Cat takes it. Cat was Cat, Cat was, yeah. She set it off. Yes, she did. Yeah. And you know, yeah. she later became an artist too. She had she had some, I don't think her stuff really hit in the United States, but um, uh, while I was living in uh, San Diego, she had a single that came out called uh, Cat, the Cat or whatever, Cat, that was big over in the UK. 
I have a compilation okay. actually that has that song. I need to dig it out and play it for you guys. Cool. cool. Now, you know my mama, Verna Hazel, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Guess what her favorite, well, another one of her favorite Prince songs is? What's that? You need another lover like you need a hole in the head. I love, I love that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I love wow. that one. When we have our Prince Day, which we will do, I will definitely play that for you. <laughs> have you heard that, um, Marcus? Have you heard of that song? You uh, need another lover. Like you need a home, in your head. Baby. 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 Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, no, I haven't heard that one. You know, I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We we gonna we gonna add you. That was the summer, that was from the summer of uh that was summer eighty It's before kind of the times. Yeah, that was that was mm-hmm. summer 87, 86. 86. Yeah. Yeah, okay. because that was the same album. Um Under the Cherry Moon that had Kiss. Kiss. Okay, cool. yeah. No, no, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm thinking um Graffiti Bridge. Never mm-hmm. mind. <laughs> yeah. That was a great uh, album too. Um honestly, Graffiti Bridge was not my favorite. No, the no, was Cherry good, Moon. but the movie just soured me. I, I didn't yeah, like the movie. I don't like the much. movie. Mm-mm. Cherry Moon, Under the Cherry Moon. Under the Cherry Moon, of course, Purple Rain, and the um, the concert, uh, um, concert Sign movie, of the Times. A Sign of the Times. I Perfect. need that in my possession. <laughs> I, can play I have it. that on video. I have a VHS. <laughs> you have a VCR? Yeah, I still have a VCR. Wow, it worked. Well, I mean, I have the, yeah, I mean, I have the, yeah, that was, but I was buying all of that stuff. Like, you know, I had the, the Prince Sound of Times movie, VHS, you know, all of that. You know, that's still in my, yeah. I'm not going to ever throw that stuff away. Yeah, I remember coming to your house and visiting. I mean, you had like every movie imaginable um, at your house when, when you were staying in, um, in Georgia. I remember coming to your house and you had all these VHS tapes of all the yeah. different movies. Yeah, that, yeah. You know what? Myron Myron primarily was like the music person. I mean, the movie person. He was okay, maybe it was Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, he I'm was more like yeah. music stuff. I was like anything music related. I mean, I, I still have VHS to have episodes of Solid Gold on them. You know, that's how it's out. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was, that's, you know, my thing. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Next up. This is actually on Byron's list, but I'm mad at myself because I didn't realize this is from 1991. And this is one of my favorites also, Miss Crystal Waters. Oh, see. Yes, oh, indeed. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I am from New York, New Jersey area, so this is playing all the time. This is my song, y'all just don't Banger. Yeah. Super banger, yes. yes. And you yes. know, and it's so funny now because I Crystal is actually a friend of mine now. Get out. 
I found out with this several times, so it's, it's kind of funny. And I actually brought up the whole uh, In Living Color <laughs> skit, and she just rolled her eyes over that, you know. Um, I forgot about that. She sure not did. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, 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 yeah. She took it in stride, but, you know, people don't realize, they, they tend to discount house artists thinking that it's throwaway music, but these are bona fide true artists. I mean, Crystal Waters yeah. is a songwriter, first and foremost. And, you know, mm -hmm. that was her thing. And this song wasn't originally supposed to be for her. It was originally supposed to be for Oshina Tay, which is who's another house diva, house legend uh, out of Baltimore, who's also a friend of mine, too. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. But anyway, it was originally for her, but um, they kept the demo version that Crystal did. And that's what took off. And it became an instant smash. I mean, they literally had to catch up to create a project surrounding this song because of the popularity it gained and so quickly. Let me, say, let me tell you what, what not really issue I had, but but what was confusing to me during that time. Um, I thought the same person that made um, Tom's Diner uh, with Miss Vega, uh, Susan, uh, what Suzanne, was Vega. Suzanne Vega. Suzanne Vega. Suzanne Vega. Yeah. And I thought she sang this song as well. Or I thought it was, might have been vice versa, you know, because it was a lot of die, lot of die, the da 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 part that it kind of threw me. I thought I thought it was the same person. That's what I learned later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Crystal to me, Crystal to me, but I describe her voice as a storyteller voice. To me, it kind of fits like a. It's like she's come on inside, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and she has range in her voice that, you know, she's still performing and releasing music now to this day. She's had a long, fruitful career. She released, I mean, gosh, four albums, I think, and with more to come. But, but she was she was consistent with her releases and it was always a, a different new experience. But her voice, I think it's what put her there because it's so unique. She was like kind of the first that sing in that like deep raspy um, kind of sound. Mm -hmm. And then of course, after that you had TLC and you know, those yeah. other people pop up with kind of similar sounds. But yeah. I think they, they were they were capitalizing off of what Crystal did first, honestly. Another okay. one of my favorites of hers is Pure Love. That's that's mm -hmm. another house banger, I'm telling you. Oh, don't even get I, me started. I know, Making right? Happy, I love Making Happy, which was the second yeah. single after this one. Um, well, by, well, Byron, mm -hmm. I think it's only fair that, you know, this is from down the road that since you're friends with Miss Crystal Waters, why don't you bring her on to one of our episodes one day? I would, I would look into that, see if she's available. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. All I mean, right. That would be my cool. Yeah. Definitely. What we All got right. now, Kim? Next up, another one of Byron's favorites. Tara Kemp, hold you tight. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love it. This sound, I swear, when this song came out, it, it just had that infectious groove to it. And yeah. 
Uh, I was so shocked when I saw the video. I said, oh, she's white. <laughs> because, <laughs> I, was because, I was just about to say that, yeah. Because for, for the longest time, you know, we hear it in the club. It was a banger. And this version was just a banger. On, in the clubs, on the radio, it was all over the radio. And I was like, oh, my gosh. this!" I don't know if it was that, that Betty Wright sample part of it. I don't know what it was. The beat, it was just... It was a just unique sound. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, it makes you want to move. Now, which part is Betty Wright sample? I know. Whoa, like, whoa. That's what I was about to say. Was it was that part? Oh, okay. okay. See what I'm saying? You know what? And, and I was just about to say, matter of fact, that's like my favorite part of the song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just about to say, I'm like, it's, don't get me wrong, the song is awesome and it's, it's a great, it's got um, a great beat. You can, I mean, you can dance with it. I know I sound like American Bandstand when I say that, but mm -hmm. I, um, but uh, I love the song. It was all over the radio. I remember when it was coming out, when it was out and everything. But like I said, I know I'm not the only one, right? That the, their favorite part of that particular song is that particular part that, that, oh, oh, sounds like the Queen Bee when she finished um, doing that, that one lucky worker bee, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that this is a, it was an infectious move, and yeah. you couldn't yeah. help but just start rolling your body. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good old days, and it was it came days. out, and it came out at uh, it was like the spring of '91, you know, around that time where the, like the the summer and all of that was starting to open up, you know, the, the all, all of the fun stuff was starting yeah, to yeah. come back into fruition and. Oh my gosh, it was just it's yeah. Did she have a follow-up single? She had another single, Piece of My Heart, um, which um it was okay, uh, mm. but it didn't do as well. I think well they they were both top ten, top ten singles for her, but she fell off off after that. Mm. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tara Campbell. All right, next up is another one of I th think it should be all of our favorites. Got to number three on the uh, in the top one hundred. It was a number seven on, a, on the R and B charts, and then crossover. Uh, it was in the top ten of a, on the dance charts as well. Yeah, I remember. I think I remember hearing this in one of those movies. I'm not exactly sure which one. It does sound like people. a movie song, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, but, they, uh, they played the hell out of this one. Yeah. So this had this actually had more success than Tender Kisses. Yeah, right? Um, yes, it did. It charted it better. Wow. On, wow. on the pop charts, but you know, Tinder Kids <laughs> went to number one on the R&B, so R technically okay. on so R&B. See, that's yeah. one of the things that um, we have to remember. The hits for us is mm -hmm. different than the hits for pop. Right. Yeah. Quote, unquote, pop 100, pop, yeah. 
uh, actually all of her ballots um, did better because um, you had Tender Kisses and Love Me because Love Me was a number two uh, hit on the R&B charts. Uh, whereas mm -hmm. This House went to number seven and um, she actually had another single from that same album, This Time Make It Funky. Do you all remember that one? Mm. I think so. Oh, and Save Your Love. Save Your Love. That was the first single from the album. You remember that one? Save Your Love. Save Your Love. Save It Just nah. For Me. That was the oh, first yeah, single. Yeah. 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 That went to number seven on the R&B uh, charts. It didn't chart on the pop. But then when she came out with uh, This House, I guess fueled by the, the club uh, success it had. That's how it crossed yeah. over, was able to cross over. And the message, too. It was a strong message in the song. Yeah. It yeah. did have a, a bit of a message. It really did, yeah. Yeah, message songs were kind of like, they had their, their place. It seemed like we should, people should be um, making more message songs now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, because I guess we were too young back then to see what was really going on, if there was anything really going on. You know, there, there was a lot going on. Oh, there was. <laughs> well, well, there was a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. I, you know, but me being as young as I was, all I saw was, you know, you know me being, you know, uh, kid, you know, um, school, and 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 and, and I, I was able to comprehend a lot of stuff, the, uh, the stuff that was going outside in the world, you know. But but definitely today, you don't hear as many message songs as you would that they need to be here, that we need to hear. You know, they did right, back because then. there's no A&R. There's mm. no A&R anymore. And uh, I think that's why everybody is sounding the exact same right now because yeah. oh my there's no one there's no one thinking outside of, I mean, those who are thinking outside of the box are not getting that success, having that. So, well, I take that back. Her, the artist, her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, she thought outside of the box and she's, yes, she, she still follows along that original mm -hmm. vein that most artists, tent, true artists would follow, you know. Yeah, uh, establishing artistry, a persona, personality, oh, but wow. then behind it. It's and we're definitely going to do a episode where we um, highlight some of the artists now that are considered part of the good, good experience. We're definitely going to yep. do that. And her will be. Yeah. <laughs> right next up <laughs> yeah. is Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey actually had maybe four or five different um hits in 1991, but it's not going to be a Mariah Carey day. So listen, Mariah Carey came out swinging and. You know, that first album was loaded with hits. And before we could even blink, the second album was dropping, which, yeah. oh, my God, the single. Oh, my God. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Another so, banger. Yeah, uh, yes, now question. I knew, but when you first saw her, did you know she was black? No, it's a matter of fact. It's the funniest thing. Uh, I was coming out of boot camp. Uh, 
August of 1990 when Visions of Love came out. I thought it was Whitney Houston. And so I was like, oh, yeah, this is the Whitney Houston song or whatever. And then we were um, at the, one of the malls and we went into Camelot Music and they had like, all these pictures of Mariah Carey. I said, this is Mariah Carey? Yeah. Oh, and I thought she was white because the way they had her styled and everything. But I was even more impressed when I found out that she was biracial mm-hmm. and she was on our team, you know, she's part of our team, our family. And um, I was even more thrilled. And then I fell in love with her even more when single, more singles started to be released. And I got our CD, our first CD. I was like, oh, wow, this is, she's going to be around. I, I mean, I, I, I felt that then. I was like, she's going to definitely be around for a while. And voila. Yeah, Mariah, Carey did, Mariah Carey did her thing, man. But though, she, like, she, she came out swinging and she, she didn't look back for a while. Even when she took a break, when she came back with the Emancipation of Mimi, you know, uh, uh, that was a huge banker. The, the whole record itself was, was a banker. In the, in the 90s, she released, released an album every year in the 90s. Yeah, she did. Oh, we know. <laughs> yeah, every year. And so that's, like, anyone growing up in the 90s, that was, she was definitely part of your soundtrack. I mean, definitely. Her, her and her music is timeless. It doesn't sound dated or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, to this day, you know, Part of just about every genre. I've not heard her singing in country yeah. music, but she could if she wanted to. She could if she wanted to. Yeah. But I really became a huge fan during the Daydream album because she started really doing the house music. Like she would start re. Well, I mean, she was re-singing it then, like during the emotions or whatever. But when she latched on to uh, and linked up with David Morales. And he started remixing all of her stuff. It was on and popping from there for me, even more so. Because she now, would re everything. Who, do you know who she used to sing back up for? Brenda K. Star? Yes. Yeah. And honestly, I'm like, um, how did you not out-sing her with all her songs? <laughs> right. But you know what? Which, made, which was even more impressive. So when Mariah Carey topped off the 90s with that Greatest Hits, Number One's album, whatever, at the end of the night, she remade, um, I Still Believe. Um, yes, yes, she did. That, that, um, <laughs> that, to me, was the perfect homage, homage as, as a toss back to Brenda Kate Starr, you know, giving her that opportunity on that larger scale, on that larger stage, even though she was doing stuff um, before linking up with Brenda Kate Starr, but um, I, I just felt that was that was a very classy way of going full circle when she did that. Definitely. Gotta love yeah. Mariah. Me and Mariah. Gotta love Mariah. Yeah. <laughs> Go back like <laughs> Facebook. Like, That's the fire. That was another yeah. thing. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let, let me ask you a quick I'm sorry, real quick. What do you think was the. Uh, was the secret behind Mariah's success in the 90s? Well, I honestly think, I mean, she had the talent to back it up, don't get me wrong, but I yeah. think it was Tommy Matola uh, pushing her because she was married to him. She did marry him. Mm-hmm. I, remember, and, I remember that, yeah. And, and that put her in that position. Luckily, she had the talent and she she just wanted to do this, but, and, but she had like that extra engine behind her to, to help keep her out there yeah yeah but i think her talent would have people we would have seen her talent we would have seen it either way but i think she had just had an extra push of the engine that gave her that more much more exposure 
So do you honestly think that she would have had the success had she been signed to maybe like a job or a LaFace record? No. It was a combination um, of everything. It's her look and her vocals, but there are a lot of people who have that look and the vocals that didn't reach her success. Yeah. I'm thinking mm-hmm. by her making that that power move. Yeah. <laughs> or that love move, but I don't think it was. <laughs> that yeah. that kind of catapulted her. Yeah. Even though when she first got out there, I mean, there was a huge buzz around her. I mean, she had already created a buzz for herself before for the first single, but um, I think that first single, that put her on a map. I mean, when she did that first performance on Arsenio Hall and she actually mm-hmm. sounded like the recording and she hit those notes, yeah, and that, yeah. that was when, um, you know, the mainstream people really, really Take saw it. Yeah, it took notice. So I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's easy to say what could have been, but I think her talent would have carried her. She would have been successful either way. But I think having that backing by the label like that was first and foremost the most important thing that helped keep her in the forefront because she was, right. it's, they were all lined up. Yeah, you know? they were all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Next? next up, some I Like the Way by High Five. All right. All right. One of my favorite songs. Well, because they had the young sounding voices, he had the range, but not the same range as Tevin, because Tevin was like a male Whitney Houston, so yeah. we can't ever compare anybody to <laughs> Tevin. But but because he had that young sounding voice at first, you know? Yeah. At first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, as his voice matured, I mean, you still knew who he was, but, you know, it, was, it wasn't as pitched, high pitched. You know, there was another boom of. Uh, of, of of male R&B groups um, around the uh, early 90s. You know, you had Boys to Men, you had These Guys, you had mm-hmm. Color Me Bad, you had Instinct, you had 98 Degrees, mm-hmm. you know, you had all these. You had, before that, you had New Kids on the Block. But it was, uh, I can't understand, I can't understand why this particular group uh, didn't really do as well as they should have done. I think they should have done a lot better than what they did because they had a follow-up single, um, I think it's I can't wait another minute. Yeah, and, it, and the first one was just can't handle it. That was the first single, which yeah created a buzz. But it, it, you know, it was all produced by Teddy Riley, so this is all Teddy Riley. So oh. okay, okay. Uh, okay. So I, I mean, they, I think they, I mean, they stayed more up within the R and B realm uh, as far as not having that the whole crossover. I think this probably was the biggest crossover um, yeah, yeah. for them. Um, Let's see. Uh, the, yeah, the Kissing Game was a number one hit for them, actually, yeah. on both charts, the Hot 100 and R&B. So, yeah, this was huge. This, that was the biggest chart 
chart topper yeah. across the board. Yeah. But I can't wait another minute was a number one R and B as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, one of these guys recently uh passed, if I'm not mistaken. I think that maybe the least years thing. ago. No, Tony Thompson yeah. was he passed away in two thousand seven. He died in two thousand seven. So two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they the they thing? recently released some music last year. They had high five. You know, they're they're back together as a group. Um, they had new music out last year. Okay. Cool. But cool. It, it's it's kind of interesting that when a lot of our um, OGs, uh, you know, because I will put them now in the categories OGs. Um, a lot of these veteran groups that were prevalent then are just, excuse me, they're still releasing music, but you don't really, they don't get to push into the forefront, like, because of the, what's happening now, you know, with, right. with this, with music, so. Right, right. But yeah, that's classic to me. I mean, that, that song takes me back to, to having fun, like I said, back out in San Diego, having Diego, fun, yeah. going to the beach yeah. and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ninety one is when most some of us became grown as yes, I'm sure there's some very yeah. fond memories. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so that all came. We got we got one more. We got or? one more. One more. Um, I've been thinking about you by London Beats. Oh. Mm. That's yeah, it's another favorite of mine. Yeah. I like that group. Yes, indeed. Marcus? Marcus? So check it out. So check it did out. you know this song, Marcus? No, I did not. I what? Another one of those, okay, but hold on. When I saw the list again, I said, okay, I don't, I don't know this group. I never heard this group. You know what I'm saying? Um, so um, I listened to the song. I listened to the song again. And I listened to it again. And guess what? I freaking loved it. I said, yo! <laughs> <laughs> Freaking love This is my shit right here, man. This is this is a little sound. This is this is beat Byron Beano Brown all over it, man. You know, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got a great hook. Got a great dance vibe to it, man. I mean, I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. This sound like Byron right here, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this is a huge record for them too. Um, it it was all over the radio. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was, it was definitely... well, where we were, it was all over yeah. the radio. Yeah. 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 Let's see. I'm trying to think. Did it even get to number one? Um, I don't think so. I, yeah. No, well, I know it was, it was a worldwide chart. It, it, mm-hmm. worldwide, it, it did hit number one in different countries. Uh, but I'm trying to think here in the United States, how did it do? Uh, it was number one. Hot 100. It was a number one. Okay. I just looked it up. Let me yeah, ask you a question. And it clubs. Okay. Are these guys really from London? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say because it seems like um, the country of England 
they it's like they got some talent over there, man. Um, they you don't hear about it. Yeah, I mean, with the uh, most people like to talk about the the '60s invasions with the, with the uh, with the white um, rock and roll groups, you know, your Beatles the and mm-hmm. yeah, the British invasion stuff like that. Uh, people associate um, that type of music with um, Great Britain, but they really had some great artists over the years. Um, you had your Stevie V's, um, Lisa Stansfield. Yeah, Lisa Stansfield. They had some pretty cool. Was not was Tara Kemp? Was she actually from England as well? No, she's she American. She's American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't so, forget I mean, about loose ends. Um, loose so ends. Lulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they really have some. Even nowadays, you know, Twenty One Savage, you know, rapper, you know, actually from um from England. So I mean, uh, the UK has really um they they put out some talent now. They um, embrace I, they embrace R and B sound. They've always been supportive and embraced embraced and they've embraced it. And that's why, you know, even dance artists were able to go over there and immediately have that type of major success. Like I mentioned Orchina Tate earlier. She's a house music veteran um, recording artist. And um, but she signed initially overseas uh, the London imprint of Warner Brothers. And that's how she she was on major label there. And she's a huge pop artist over in England and overseas over, over, over there. And she could walk the streets and not necessarily be known, um, you know, here in, in the States, um, but which goes into testament of what you're saying, how the UK have um, embraced that particular sound. And you wouldn't even know that a lot of these people were from England, how they, mm-hmm. just from how they sing, you right, know, you right, don't hear right, accents right. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mentioned uh, Stevie V. Uh, you remember one of the, uh, the hits that he had was uh, Dirty Cash? Yo, love it, yeah. Yeah. Now here, here's now get ready. Hold on to your seat though on this one now. I know it. The lady, you already know it. Yes. <laughs> Kim, do you know? Do you know what I'm about to say? No. What? Check it out. So, lady singing the hook on the song uh, "Dirty Cash" um, is actually from Blakely, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Princessa. Oh, right. Princessa. She went by the name Princessa. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just know it's Mel- Miss Melanie. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 but she she's actually from Blake, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember she, I remember your sister Monique mentioning that she was her babysitter. Uh huh. She babysitted Monique, or oh really? I I don't know. I didn't know about that part, but I know her mom was a was a first grade uh, teacher, and and a a piano player. And for those who don't know, Blakely, Georgia is our where our roots are. Our our family is from Blakely, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in the south of Georgia. Yeah, way down south. Yeah, way down. There. Border like southwest <laughs> Georgia on the border of. Dothan, yeah, Alabama. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about it in, in other episodes. You know, our experiences. Uh, believe it or not, y'all had I'm, y'all had a lot of fun coming down there. Whether you want to believe it or not, man. We did. Really we did. always did. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I always talk about when Byron and his brother got me electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had fun. I'm sorry, I, I, I just said uh, Princessa, but it's Melody. Or Melody Washington was her is her full name. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we we had some adventures. We always had some adventures. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a magical place. I mean, it's you know, it's just one of those That's getaways. Our, our yeah. ancestors. Yeah. Mm. Who are smiling? We'll I think right we were. Now. Related to almost everybody in the town, it felt like. I know, right?
good. But yeah, yeah, guys, but this has been a um a wonderful time again. Once again, I've had so much fun just doing what we do normally, what we would normally do if we were just you know visiting each other, just talking about the music. You know what I'm saying? Great show, guys. Great show. So much fun. So much fun. So much fun. Let's let's, let's do this again real soon. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. We will we'll hash out how often we're going to do this, but this is great. I think we're doing some good stuff here. We're doing some great stuff. Some great stuff. And until next time, this has been the What the Get a Good Experience. Yep. We got that good. good, good. We'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Peace. Peace.